The Great American Bash are going to kick off around this world. Around the world, they're saying today that Ric Flair has got to wrestle the best 14 men there are in the greatest sport in the world. He's got to defend this 14 times in 30 days against all odds. Well, let me tell you how it is. When you're the top gun, when you're the world champion, woo, when you're Slick Rick, when you're the man, it really makes no difference because above all else, you see, the one thing that I am that nobody else is, I'm the champ. Woo! Welcome to the Wrestling House Show Super Show. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And welcome to another of our ongoing series of retro reviews. Tonight we are in the Great American Bash, although not the Great American Bash, I should say. <laughs> I should say a Great American Bash. Yes, because they would do like like a couple of dozen of these like uh, over the course of a summer. Y- yeah, yeah it was what, like, it was either like 13 or 16 yeah. in this particular right. uh, year. We are in 1986. This is a Great American Bash, July 5th, 1986, at Memorial Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this show was uploaded to the WWE Network as a hidden gem, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, even though this is part of an entire series, a tour of shows, the Great American Bashes that you'll hear us talk about in 86, which isn't going to be all of them because they're not all in the network, are not necessarily... I, well, they're standalone and they're super cards, yes. but they're, I don't know, they feel a little bit different. Cause, yeah, it, it it's house show-esque, but yeah. in a sense, there's definitely a lot going on still. There's right. some there's some good feud happenings going on here. Right. There's title matches. Right. Uh, there's There seems to be some decent amount of payoff going on right. on, on the show, so... I, I it was better than I thought it was going to be. That's my like kind of upfront <laughs> right. general right. Uh, reaction to it. Because yeah. '86, honestly, for me is a pretty just eh year for pro wrestling. Right. So I went into this show not expecting much. You know, we've been right. through Mania two and Wrestle Rock and stuff like that. Yeah. So my expectations were low. But I gotta say, in comparison to those things, I actually kind of like the show pretty well. Okay. Like it has its moments. It's not yeah. like a top to bottom burner or anything. Sure. But it's it has those moments. Yeah, there's there's a lot of train wrecky stuff in here as well. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, and if you have not listened to the shows that we've done for any of those things that Joey just mentioned, Wrestle Rock, all that other stuff that we've done, you can find it on cnjradio.com. And let's just get into this one. Uh, one thing. So I'll start this off by saying that this Great American Bash has one thing that any of these other shows that we've seen and talked about do not have. At least one thing, and it lacks one thing that all those other things have. The thing that it lacks is commentary. There is no commentary on the WWE Network versions. There probably was no commentary ever done at all. Probably not. Um, But they are professionally shot. Multi-camera, like, 
it, it looks really good. Yeah. It's just there's no commentary. Yeah, and uh, it has a big feel to this one. Yeah, because it's outdoors. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's in a, like a local stadium-ish kind of thing, like yeah. a high school or like you said, a, like a like a small college kind yeah. of feel to it. Stadium. Yeah, so it feels special, like a football and, field kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly, and and that's important because yeah. I think you're going to talk talk about the thing that this does have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the first thing that you see when you turn on the Great American Bachelor Life Myth 1986 is you'll see a little you'll see a lot of sky and you'll see a little dot and you'll hear the ring announcer who i don't i never got his name he yeah. was he was pretty bad super monotone guy <laughs> like um he was super not excited about everything but we got to see some skydiving yeah not yeah. skywalkers yeah. thankfully right. because then we would have been in for some bad scaffold match yes but yeah skydiving it was the prism skydiving team who won gold medals in something yeah yeah. Sure. And they're from Muskogee, Oklahoma. So yeah. <laughs> I actually know where that is. JR is from around there. Right. Uh, so there's that. But also, do you remember the names of any of the skydivers? I remember one of them. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, I think he's a cousin of mine. Right. <laughs> or at least I should steal this name. Yes. Uh, when Joey Rock and Roll, uh, sitting across from me, gets into politics, he's going to use the pseudonym Joey Whitehouse who <laughs> yeah. skydove into Memorial Stadium as one of these prism skydivers. So yeah, Joey Whitehouse is my <laughs> new favorite name that I'll, I'll hopefully try to get into this episode a few more times. Yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, that was how we started. And it was it was just cold open because, yeah, there's no graphics because this wasn't aired, I guess, anywhere. I don't know. Well, Maybe yeah. it was taped for like VHS or something later that maybe they never did. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But uh, yeah, so the first guy, because they had a little... Like uh, it, it looked like a parachute, but it was it had like letters on it, and there was a little like bullseye in the center of it. Yeah. Laid it and laid out on the grass, and I was like, why don't they just parachute into the ring? I yeah. guess you could get caught up in the ropes and whatever, yeah. and maybe it's mm. kind of dangerous. So, yeah. but hey, it's I mean it's a wrestling show; they should have done it. But the first guy landed like dead center of that thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh wow, no, right. that was impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they didn't really show the rest of them yeah. hitting their dots or not hitting their right. dots. But I want to say Joey Whitehouse did hit the bullseye I'm as sure well. He did, yeah. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get on to the wrestling because there's nothing besides wrestling beyond this. We were promised fireworks by the end of the night because <laughs> yeah. it's outside. There's dark and the the common, the ring announcer was like there will be sure to stick around after the main event because there will be fireworks. That's about how he said it. Stephen Wright was the ring announcer, yeah. apparently. <laughs> and uh, but we did not get to see fireworks. Uh, so I was a little upset about that. But we did get to see a World Junior Heavyweight title match. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. I like that belt, by the way. Yeah, it was neat. It had a little, little crown on it, so if you, you stab yourself in the stomach, you bend over. <laughs> totally. Like um, but the champion, Denny Brown, who is... Where was he from? I can't remember where he's from. Oh, um, he was if from you, Canada. Yes. Because <laughs> he had this big jacket with just the shape of, like, state of florida like clearly just imprinted on the back so which looks like an old wooden toy gun if you grew up with those right yeah <laughs> so yeah florida you really yes. have been kind of hiding that from me all right. this time i should have known to stay away so denny brown was defending his junior heavyweight title didn't he the never said which like territory, territory or whatever yeah. these are from so whatever it doesn't matter versus mr electric steve regal mr electricity mr electricity sorry yeah. my mistake well it's all right he's a member of the fantastic four in his spare time You're right <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah steve regal not to be confused with steven regal or yes. william regal but the guy that looks more like uh 
one of his old tag partners, Matt Bourne, yeah. or uh, yeah, or Jimmy Garvin. Yeah, so, yeah. So. so that guy, but he, he's all right. These guys are these guys are fine at what they do. It yeah. was kind of a vanilla it, opening match. To yeah. Me. Well, because we were talking about it, they started off pretty pretty well because they, there was a lot of energy yeah. and. Denny Brown was going all around the ring and doing what the junior heavyweight should do and getting the crowd pumped up. Yeah. But then it kind of bogged down and Steve Regal went for a whole bunch of reverse chin locks. Yeah. Uh, as the match went on. That was definitely um, the order of the day yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. I want to get some of this out of the way. Earl Hebner refereed a whole bunch of these matches on this <laughs> yeah. show. And he did like the first half of it at least. Yeah. So. It was Earl Hebner and Tommy Young kind of traded duties, but it was like blocks of matches that they would do. Yeah. And Hebner was the first half basically and Young there, was the second half. There wasn't enough gas in the uh, golf cart to keep uh, yeah. wheeling them back and forth. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like Hebner, like, so I think, was it Regal had Denny Brown in a pin attempt, like a kind of side bridging pin? Yeah. And he like pushed him over. Yeah. It's like, it just don't don't do that. I don't get it. There's lots of physical activities between yeah. both referees and some of the talent. Yeah, and so. so that always detracts from the match for me. And I don't want to talk about it all night in every match because it happened in almost every match to sure. a certain extent. So I don't want to talk about it, so I want to get it out of the way here. Okay. And I'll just kind of avoid it when I can from this this point on. Well, I'm glad uh, you're able to just get your anger out of the way and, <laughs> and move on. Right. Uh, and yeah, and that's really the only thing I have to say much about this match because it was, it was, it was fine. It should have been the first couple minutes of this match should have been what the whole match was for like five minutes, and then they should have gotten out. Yeah. Um, but they did let it drag on a little bit, and I know there were probably. I mean, it's an outdoor show, and the crowd. This was the match to get the people to sit down, so I'm sure that's why they made it go on as long as they did, yeah. and like it was. That's usually the case. So I understand it, but it doesn't make me want to watch it ever again. Yeah, it makes me want to get funnel cakes and sodas. Right, yeah. So, man, I miss those. Uh, so, yes, we're spoilers from here on out. All right, yeah, this one, uh, yeah, it uh, went so long it went to a draw. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, that's always my favorite, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really get the crowd going. I think it was like a 15-minute time limit, I want to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. So, that was that. <laughs> that happened. So, the next matchup was one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson, who the other half we'll see later in the night, versus the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, Black Bart, in a non-title one-on-one match. Yeah, that's that's kind of unfair, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. We'll talk about yeah. later why that's so unfair. Yeah. But... Yeah, you know, this, this definitely pumped me up a little bit extra because, you know, yeah. honestly, I wasn't familiar. I, I was a little familiar with Steve Regal. We've seen him on one of these other shows. Yeah. Denny Brown didn't really do much for me. But it's like, oh, okay, at least I know these guys. Right. I remember Black Bart from World Class and, yeah. uh, you know, of course, Rock and Roll Express. So, yeah, I, I seem to be a little more invested. My interest was getting up a little bit here. So, right. But, yeah, it was it was definitely better than the first match. It was. But it was kind of the same match with a few less rest holds in it. Yeah, there was there was a bit more energy to this one. It, I don't think it went on as long. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit more back and forth uh, in good action and not just like on the mat within rest holds, like you said. Uh, so, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Not much else to say, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it was half a tag guy versus Black Bart with yeah. no title on the line. So yeah. how exciting can it be? Yeah. I guess, I mean, it could have been great, but it was it was all right. Yeah. Next up was a special challenge match of Arn and Ole Anderson, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, versus Sam Houston and a guy we didn't recognize. Uh, his name is Nelson Royal. 
Yeah. Although the name sounds familiar to me. I think he was on one of these really yeah. early shows, like yeah. one of these really early Star Caves, like the first or second one that we yeah. did. It's been so long since we did it. Yeah. But I feel like he was on one of those. So, uh, yeah. So why is the special challenge match? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and Art Anderson was the TV champ at the time. Yes, so yeah, very important. He's the only know. one with a belt in this thing, uh, and yeah, this was it's pretty good. I mean, it was yeah. it was the Andersons, so yeah. yeah, it was good. Yeah, good heel teamwork, and uh, Oli's got a mouth on him, doesn't he? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the one positive about no commentary is you get to hear everything that's being said. Right. So. It's, you know, obviously even the WWE people didn't watch this because they, right. they tend to blurt out uh, the profanity, right. even if it's on a show that people have seen, like a, one of their shows. Right. But I don't think anybody really watches. I think they were just told, edit off the music and the intros right. and then be done with it. Yeah, for <laughs> so sure. They, you could tell they definitely did that here. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. So, yeah, not much else to say. The Andersons triumphed. As they should. Yeah, with the I think it was Oli with the forearm to the back of Sam Houston's yeah. neck in because I think Houston was distracted with Anderson in the corner or something like that. Yeah, it's the forearm of doom. The, yeah. As as if you have a guy in a pin position, then you just lose all control of any other senses, right. and you just completely power down if you get that uh, forearm in the back of the neck. Yeah, and, and that'll, so, that'll put you out for a twenty count. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, it was good because it was mostly the Andersons doing most of the work here, yeah. uh, followed by Sam Houston, who put in almost all the work for his team. Yeah, well, um, to be fair, Nelson yeah. Royal looked a little uh, grizzled at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, people were behind Sam Houston. He's, he's yeah. young, he's wearing the Texas flag as a cape. Um, I have a problem with him being from Waco, being called Sam Houston, because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's easy enough to lie about that. Like, sure. Who's going to care? Yeah. Um, yeah, especially then. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, see him at the grocery store. He's like, no, man, I'm on the road. Right. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. So Waco. <laughs> it was fun. It was, it, was, it was a lot more energy in this one. And yeah, I liked it all right. Yeah, I, 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 I know we're getting through these quick, but that's just kind of there's not all a, I got for him. Yeah, I mean, there's not really... Because there's no real story that we know of going into many of these things. And yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I, have, I haven't seen the Saturday Night shows from here, so I, yeah. I apologize. I don't have the add-ons that I right. might have normally. <laughs> so, sorry. And I think we're actually building up to the theme of this show with this next match, which was a bunkhouse match. Anything goes. Um, the team from Nazi Germany, apparently, <laughs> of Baron von Roschke and... Paul Jones in what is clearly Hitler cosplay. Yeah. Oh like, man, it was just like whoa, whoa. I mean, he wasn't wearing any insignia or anything, but he had the like the tan shirt and pants, yeah. and he, he had a riding crop, but also like the leather belt and strap across, and and Roshki goose stepped at the beginning he, of the match. Yeah, he did so, have yeah. he did like one step. Yeah. And the other thing is, I, I I think if Paul Jones didn't have his mustache, not yeah. that he has a Hitler mustache, right. But the fact that he has a mustache sure. makes him look more like Hitler. Yeah. If he didn't have the mustache at all, he'd probably look like a safari guy. Right, yeah. So that's just... Uh, just getting one of those little, like rounded hat things, whatever those are called. And, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, but he was definitely playing it up. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was uh, Baron Von Roschke versus the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, yeah. in a Anything Goes bunkhouse match. Yeah, this is right down Manny's alley. And not that mm -hmm. it's not down Baron's alley, but Manny is a guy that uh, has bled... Pretty much every match he's ever worked, I think. Right. This, this is a guy who made his name wrestling Abdullah. Right. And later on wrestling Wahoo in strap matches. So yeah. it's like, yeah, there's going to be... Uh, there's probably going to be some blood in here, I'm guessing, Chris. I, I, I kid, <laughs> I've seen it already, yeah. so... Uh, so yeah, this was definitely the first of more than a few bloody matches 
throughout the night. And of course, uh, did did Baron von Rushke, did he bleed? He probably did. I'm sure he did. I don't know. Maybe. But I know Manny Fernandez did. And uh, we were noting in this one, because there's not a lot to say about the action. It's kind of... Punch. Punch. Yeah, it's it's a brawl. Just get to the point to where you make one bleed and then just go for weapons and try to go for the glove, apparently, which is the the glove of death, which is bizarre. To me, because it, it's not even a loaded glove. It's just yeah. a glove. Yeah. But I guess that's a thing back then. I guess it's fun. Uh, but uh, Baron Von Roschke was just in jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. And it looked real weird. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of lost me on the gimmick there. Yeah. Like, as soon as the bell rang, I was like, oh. Yeah. He's just dressed in t-shirt and, and blue jeans. And Fernandez was, too. And I get it. It's a bunkhouse. It's like a street fight. Sure. Street fight rules kind of thing. Yeah. But it just looks weird for Baron Von Roschke. Especially with the name. And especially with Paul Jones dressed as a Nazi. Yeah. For, to give him like for a, Roschke to be in just jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. Or at least, like, give him, like, a red or black tank top or, you know, something yeah. that's, like, darker, you know? Right. like Because like, he was like a yellow t-shirt yeah. yeah he looked like he was just ready to clock in at the factory <laughs> yeah. you know but the, the the narrative in this match is the undressing of baron von Roschke. <laughs> because at one point he uh he takes off his own belt to whip manny with it and throughout the rest of the match his pants get lower and lower and lower and so it turns into a 90s match like you yeah. said like, yeah he's got the the pants around his like below his butt like everyone in the 90s wore him yeah. and then at one point he takes off one of his shoes to hit Manny with it and then Manny pulls up uh, Roshki's shirt so that's up over his head and so by the end of the match he's got his legs are pinned together with his pants because the the waist of his pants are around his thighs. So low. Yeah, and thankfully he's wearing like black wrestling trunks. Yeah, and and then his shirt is up around his arms, so his arms are straight up and like pinned together. <laughs> he can't see, but man, he still can't like put him away like right away. And he starts. So it's it like, was almost like a tuxedo mash. No, it's almost like going out drinking on the town with Yano. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. how you're gonna wind up thirty minutes in. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was the. It feels weird saying this, but the most fun thing about this match was watching the undressing of Baron Von Rossi. <laughs> yeah, it, really, yeah. it really did yeah. amp up my entertainment of this yeah. match because, you know, you can only do so much with punches yeah. and stuff. So, you know, give me something. And, and yeah, I, I, I'm right with you, Chris. <laughs> I enjoyed that way more than I yeah. should have, I think. Uh, and it ended with an inside cradle. <laughs> yeah, he so, won with wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> the brawl garbage match. Yeah, uh, Fernandez did win in that. So, yeah, that's... <sighs> With the raging small package yeah. <laughs> roll-up. Uh, but continuing the theme of blood, and you actually mentioned this match, uh, or a, this match type, in what you were just saying about Manny Fernandez, it is an Indian strap match with uh-huh. gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with Precious versus Wahoo McDaniel in, oh. in his signature match. Yeah, the most famous Indian wrestler <laughs> yeah, of all time. That's how he was announced, yeah. <laughs> it's like, he is, but... Yeah, just, yeah. sounds weird to say. Yeah, I mean, Strongbow might have an opinion on that. Right. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, but you know, I, I know Wahoo is actually yeah. more over. But yeah, this I you know I was excited to see this because yeah. I like both guys and I'm a big Jimmy Garvin fan, as you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I was ready for this one. And man, th- these guys didn't let me down. I gotta say, <laughs> strap matches are generally not very good. Yeah. Uh, but I liked this match. Like yeah, you know, it was I, pretty right. I I thought it was. I mean, I guess because the barometer was so low, and, and right. not that the first two matches, especially, you know, it kind of yeah. led me to like, yeah, yeah. So I think I liked it based on those two things. It, yeah. it overshot expectations from the overall show we were seeing, right? Plus the actual, you know, gimmick of this match. Yeah, 
I liked it more than I probably should have. And they had a good shtick worked up with uh, Jimmy Garvin was stalling at the beginning of the match. He had Precious with him. So they were like, just wait, because Jimmy's got his suspenders and everything on. So it's taken forever. And then, so there was this whole thing with Precious yelling at Wahoo and Wahoo starting to hit her with the strap and stuff. So, and that carried through the entire match because Precious did get involved. She had the perfume that she Mm. might or might not have used throughout the match. So it kept things interesting, even when mostly it was just whip, punch, blood drag yeah you you made a note that uh so like i I think it was in the last match we noticed like a couple of kids at ringside that was they were over the other side of the barrier which is where you're not supposed to be yeah they were literally ringside yeah i was like what are they doing there like get them out of there like parent your kids right and then i realized once jimmy got out there that they were like you know they probably like won some sort of contest or raffle or something or they knew somebody they were probably this kid of someone who yeah. is on the staff or something yeah so they were the ones that like take the uh, costumes away yeah. and put them in the back or whatever yeah, like between attendants, yeah basically. thank you uh i couldn't get the word out right but <laughs> the, you noted that like during this they're grabbing jimmy's stuff mm-hmm. but it's right at the same time when they're doing the bit with precious pulling his pants down yeah, she's and on she's... her knees in front of his crotch <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like this is good clean fun yeah and the, <laughs> this six-year-old five-year-old kid is right beside her at ringside staring up into <laughs> this scenario with precious's face yeah. like Five inches from Jimmy Garvin's yeah. crotch. But I guarantee you, he doesn't realize what that means. I'm sure he didn't. Not, not yeah. at that age. Because yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying because I didn't. Yeah. So Same. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> but yeah, that that did make us laugh. And uh, then the, there were so, there's a lot of police officers uh, around. Uh, they, I mean, they were protecting the wrestlers as they came to and from the ring. And sure. I guess they were there for security. Yeah. Since it's a pretty wide open space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Notice when uh, the kid was carrying Jimmy's stuff. I think it was this match. It may have been another one. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cop was like two feet behind the kid as he walked to the side and was like he's making sure the kid doesn't run off with with jimmy's stuff if that kid starts walking around town and one of jimmy's things <laughs> right. that's gonna get pretty well noticed i think right. so i don't think there's any danger of him I running off it was funny because he's so close to just looking down at the kid yeah. as he walked with yeah. stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the match itself yeah i agree with you i, I liked it fine it was very bloody uh, they both bled of course <laughs> Um, oh, and there's a point where they're going to do the tie into the turnbuckle thing, yeah. and then Wahoo gets it set up, and then he leans against the barrier, and the barrier yeah. breaks, and I he loses his ass on it. Looking at it through the night, it's actually, there was no top bar on that one. I don't think you realized that, because that's where they step over to oh, leave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah those, uh, some of the losers do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, he just he But just the, the cameraman was over there behind him, and I don't think he saw him, yeah. so I don't know if he tripped over the cameraman, or if he just thought that the bar was there but wahoo and the cameraman both tumble over the barricade out into where the crowd is and you can see the cameraman he can't get up right away so he's like filming from his like back trying to get up while still uh, getting a shot in so yeah yeah, that was the most entertaining part of the match i think the stars have closed like (laughs) poor bastard yeah there's one for botchamania (laughs) but yeah it was it was it was it was all right it's this is if we didn't make it clear this is one of those strap matches where you have to drag your opponent to each four corner and tap the turnbuckle and the referee was adamant about you it's not that you just have to touch four corners you have to drag your opponent because i think jimmy at one point uh, wahoo was in the center of the ring and jimmy was at a corner and he tapped it and the referee was like no you have to get wahoo (laughs) in the corner with you to tap it you can't just uh be strapped to him and do it yeah this is also one of the first times that they didn't do the teaser where 
the uh, the heel is like being dragged mm. or on the shoulder and also taps the buckle oh, at the same time. Yeah. But that that was always the go to. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. you can only see that so many times. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, since this is Wahoo's signature match, it's he's an Indian. He's the most famous Indian apparently, <laughs> yes. and it's an Indian strap match. Yeah. Just not the fastest. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, that he would have a good shtick for the match, and they did, and it worked out well. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy about it. Yeah. Next up, more gimmicks, more blood. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was like, wait, well, what's going on on this show? Like, all yeah. of a sudden, it just starts amping up like a yeah. lot. Yeah, lots, lots of gimmicky things in this one. Uh, this was a taped fist match, <laughs> yeah. which is a boxing match without boxing gloves. Is, yeah. is basically what it was. Although the rules are a lot more lax than any sort of boxing match that yeah. has ever happened, even in pro wrestling. Yeah, so unlike boxing matches, right. you can roll out of the ring. Yes. Your manager can physically get in the ring. Yes. <laughs> All those things. And, and between yes. not, not between rounds, right. during the round. Yes. So right off, right off the bat, the, like, yeah, it has nothing to do with boxing. Yeah. Um, but it was supposedly set up in like 10 three-minute rounds. It didn't go to 10. Yeah. Uh, with 30-second rest periods in between <laughs> which were really 10 seconds <laughs> which yeah, varied between yeah like 10 to 20 maybe and i was counting fast too and right. you heard me i got to like yeah. 15 before one yeah. of those and i was going like 30 29 28 27 <laughs> it, it was Tully blanchard who was the national heavyweight champion with jj Dillon in his corner versus ron garvin with wahoo mcdaniel in his corner so ron <laughs> wahoo had to go to the back stop the bleeding, mop up as much blood as he could off his head, and then come back out to second Ron Garvin in this match. Yeah, that was wild. Like, yeah. I wonder how much time actually elapsed between yeah. there. I hope yeah. Tolly really milked it, because yeah, uh, right. he would have had to for that. And plus, they came out on that golf cart. Yeah, so. <laughs> they were one of the few that got driven to the yeah. thing in the golf cart, I think, yeah. that I saw. Yeah. Good for uh, Wahoo. Right. <laughs> thankfully, he didn't do too much in here. He woke no, up after a while. But, it, was, uh, yeah. it was mostly... I mean, it was mostly just Ronnie beating on Tully the whole time. Yeah, and then Dylan, Dylan going crazy. Yeah, Dylan going crazy at ringside. But it was this, when I said train wrecky at the beginning of this little review we're doing, this is kind of what I was referring to, because this was a mess. Um, I won't say it was not a fun mess, but it, yeah. it was a mess. Yeah, it's, it's probably as entertaining as it could be. With this many near knockouts, right, and this much just nothing but punches going on, yeah. So this is the time where you really appreciate somebody like James J. Dillon because right. he really helped this match along quite a bit. Yeah, and you know everybody did good in their role. Right. Like Ronnie Garvin is a proven tough guy. Tolly is a proven weasel, and they both did their jobs. Smart weasel. <laughs> He's a very smart weasel. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's a. And at one point, I was thinking to myself. This is going to be the one match where Tully can't do his trunk spot. But no, he still did it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. So basically the gist of the match is that Ronnie Garvin pretty much knocked out Tully Blanchard before the opening bell. Yeah. He like uh, backdropped him, I believe, and punched him or both yeah. or whatever order it happened. Yeah. But Blanchard was down and he pretty much never recovered from that point he i don't think he stood up straight the entire match because <laughs> no. he was always on the spaghetti legs yeah and just kind of barely on his feet before just getting a barrage of punches in the <laughs> yeah. face yeah as gorilla monsoon used to call it rubber leg city yeah rubber leg city <laughs> <laughs> that's where he hails from the night <laughs> um and it was 
just a Tully did get a flurry later in the match, and I believe he cheated at one point. Yeah, yeah, for or sure. multiple points, I should say. Yeah, but one main point to kind of bring the match to some sort of tension by the end because they had to both be down yeah. by the end of the match. Yeah. I will say during each, prior to each round break, mm-hmm. there was a lot of non-believability here because sure. Ronnie, like, he's throwing bombs, like, in the first half of each round, yeah. and then when it gets down to, like, one minute left, and yeah. they announce it over the, the speaker, yeah. so he starts not pulling back. He's got Tolly in the corner on yeah. the ropes, which is like death for a boxer. Right. You know, anybody that's seen any match knows yeah. this. Yeah. But he's just kind of putting his fists up at the same time that Tolly's putting his fists up. Yeah. And that's not what both should be doing. They're stalling, yeah. Yeah, he's clearly stalling for the round. So yeah. that really kind of takes out the believability of those parts of the match. So that, that's my big gripe, honestly, in this whole thing. <laughs> Plus the refereeing. Well, <laughs> I, I, to, I mean, what, what what's Tommy Young really going to do? He's he doesn't he's not a boxing referee and I know he's he can't not be himself. I know, but it was so there was one point where Tully got punched by Garvin in between rounds because I think Tully went for yeah. Garvin and yeah. then he charged and, he, and Garvin responded with the punch and so Tully is out and the bell rings for the round to start as JJ Dillon is still in the ring he's like look like why why did you ring the bell and then. Tommy Young just starts counting him out. Like yeah. there's, he never had people get out of the corners. He never had people get off the ropes. Yeah, uh, Ron <laughs> Garvin was never not on top of Tully, yeah. but Tommy Young would never try to get him off. Yeah, like he just wouldn't do it. It's like crowd control. He's yeah. he's got his butt backed up into yeah. his stomach, and he's like, "No, I need to count this ten count." You know, yeah. <laughs> it's and just so, the fact that he like, started the match with. Totally still on the mat. He wasn't up yet. Yeah. And he had, I don't know. It's every boxing match ever. You got to be in that corner or they will not count. You have to go to an opposite corner. It's like, why do a taped fist match if you're not going to enforce some sort of rules to make it different than just some free for all? It could have just been a bunkhouse match. Yeah. Or or a Taipei glass match, which is the. the standard I had going in for, for this kind of a thing. Yeah. But they probably would have bled just as much, honestly. Sure, yeah. So much blood. Yeah. So Not anti-blood, by the way, just for the record, but, yeah. but man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you see it in every match, and since the fourth match of the night, we've seen it in every match so far, yeah. it tends to lose its effect. True. So, and, and that's... I don't know if that's an issue, but it just became, like wallpaper by the end of the night because every match had it spoiler every match beyond match number three had blood and so it just became like oh this guy's bleeding now it's supposed to ooh, that looked like it hurt yeah you should start we should start keeping a clock ready for how many minutes in it takes for each match i should have done that so that was my second referee rant and i'll stop because yeah well uh, it's tommy young's chance to get it yeah because it did like i said it was a train wreck because of all of that but despite myself i still had fun with it yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of fun it's one of those things where it is fun making fun of it and yeah. it helps the match yeah so yeah and and both garvin and blanchard are like great yeah so yeah they can take garbage and make it presentable they boy they it. really can this is a tr- true testament to both guys yeah. Yeah. yeah uh next up more stipulations more blood we've got a double russian chain match <laughs> With Ivan, it was two shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a drink, doesn't it? <laughs> Ivan and Nikita Koloff versus the Road Warriors with Oof. Paul Ellering. So no titles involved in any of this. Uh, neither are champs at the time. So we had Ivan and Nikita. They were each chained to one of the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, 
and it was just like a tornado match with two pairs of guys chained to each other yeah basically like they didn't really do a whole bunch of high whips because yeah. you don't really want to do that with a chain especially I, with four guys in the ring like that that would have been kind of dangerous <laughs> yeah there, there might have there might have been some danger of it breaking down really bad but yeah. uh, it was basically like here's a russian chain used for a clothesline instead you know yeah. just things like that so that, th- that's the match basically yeah. it's five minutes of that I believe like either Hawk or Animal was whipping at one point, but it, it lasted. It was really short yeah. span, and the one of the Koloffs rolled out of the ring, and so that ended that. And mostly, yeah, like you said, it was clothesline with it, bunch it up on your hand, and punch the guy yeah. with it, choke a guy, that kind of that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. there wasn't. There's not a whole lot you can do in a match like this because yeah. you have this huge obstacle for moving around the ring, but you have two of them yeah. and you have so many guys in there. It, it could have just been this big cluster yeah. uh, with all of that in the ring. So it didn't last a whole, yeah. very long. It didn't last a long time. Um, I like both teams a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know if this type of match is the greatest way to highlight what both of these teams can do. Sure. It, it was, I, I kind of looked at it from the perspective of if I was there live, I would have been all right with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it didn't wear its welcome out. Sure. Before you repeated any spots at all, it yeah. was pretty much was over. over yeah. yeah. Sadly, you can't do the um, Doomsday Device with this kind of stipulation yeah. unless you did it after the bell. Because you'd probably hang whichever Road Warrior was on the bottom and yeah. the, doing the electric chair. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. we didn't get that. So there you go. But the Road Warriors did win and yeah. everybody was happy about it. Yeah, animal, but it didn't solve anything. And no. <laughs> animal pinned Ivan after something with the chain. Yeah. So, yeah. So. But yeah, we got to see a sick Russian sickle afterwards. Yeah. yeah. That was that was great. I love yeah. seeing Nikita throw those. And then, you know, it's still, they just kept fighting for another minute or so, yeah. and then it finally broke up, you know. Well, once you get free from the chain, you're free to cheat more somehow. Right. So, that happened. Yeah. And, of course, Ivan was the one to bleed in this one. Uh, I oh, don't know, yeah. I don't know if anyone else did bleed in this one. I don't think they did. I, I think it was just Ivan. I don't think they did, yeah. 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 But, <laughs> forgive us, <laughs> our uh, memory, even just watching it just now, it's yeah, a little blurred because there's so much yeah, blood. Yeah, lost its effect on me, huh? Yeah. Uh, next up, the stipulation for this match is hair versus hair. And it was the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant versus Shaska Watley with Paul Jones in his corner. Yeah. Still in his Hitler outfit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the artist formerly known as Pistol Pez Watley. Yeah. A big draw during the 70s and yeah. early 80s. So, yeah, uh, I was just like, ah, you know, I, I know Jimmy pretty well. Yeah. I don't know. I Even though Pez is very famous, or Shaska, I should say, mm. uh, I didn't know too much about him still. I hadn't seen much of his stuff. I've read more about him than I've seen him. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect, but he seemed like a pretty decent athlete. Yeah. I looked him up. He was a two-sport athlete in high mm-hmm. school and college. So, you know, football and wrestling, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's got a good history and he's got some good credentials. But, uh, yeah, it was an all right match. It was, yeah, a lot okay. of, it was a lot of cheating, a lot of Paul Jones shenanigans yeah. to be expected. But I will say, I've seen a good amount of hair matches in my time, and you have as well, Chris. I mean, not a ton, sure. but but a good amount of them. I, this one right here, and I don't think there's not much to talk about this match, right? No. Can I go ahead and cut yep. to the crash? Yep. Uh, so, Boogie Woogie Man wins by uh, picking off a foreign object, I believe, that was originally intended for him or something. Yeah. It feels like that's the finish. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's just go with it. Sure. Uh, and so, Watley's got to get his hair cut. Yeah. So, a lot of baby faces hit the ring because now they're going to be you know, fending off any of Paul Jones's guys, plus yeah. Paul Jones. Roshki comes back out at one yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And, and Manny Fernandez. Yeah. So they're all holding them off. 
and Valiant gets to use this uh, well-charged electric razor. I got to say, they, they picked some good equipment tonight mm-hmm. and got fresh batteries. Right. Because not only did his head get shaved, it got shaved completely yeah. and well. It was very clean, yeah. Like, it was good super job. clean. Yeah. Like, it was like, damn, man. And <laughs> and Pez had some thick hair. Yeah. So the fact that they took it all down, yeah. with very little exception, I was, like, kind of impressed <laughs> right. by, like, I really enjoyed the post-match shenanigans right. way more than the actual match shenanigans. Right. You should have been the Boogie Wiggy Barber Man, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Beefcake. Too long, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but you got to get the people what they want, and yeah, uh, they did give them an actual head shave. Yeah, yeah. And Shaska did the thing; he like went and like grabbed his hair and put it on his head before he left. Like, <laughs> Does everybody do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the this match, the match itself, ah, eh, like I like the idea of the boogie woogie man, but yeah. like watching him, I don't know, he moves weird to me, and he's got a low sense of gravity. Yeah. That's for sure. I, I just like him more as a person, I think, yeah, than a wrestler. Yeah, that's what it is, I think. So, this was a good match for him, because most of the attention was the post-match shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it worked in that respect. Yeah. Do we have more uh, <laughs> wacky things in blood? Uh, less wack. Well, actually, I don't know if this is less wacky, but we have a cage match. Okay. It's a six-person cage match. Yes. It is Dusty Rhodes... Magnum TA and Baby Doll teaming up versus the Midnight Express, the Condry Eaton team of Midnight Express, teaming with, of course, Jim Cornette. Yes. Yeah. I wonder who's going to pair off with who in this one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I would expect the Cornette might do the Dangerous Danny Davis thing. We don't right. know what that is, but uh, yeah. yeah, he didn't get too much of that done in here. Right? No. He got a couple of shots in, I think, but not not too many. Yeah, uh, not really. But uh, yeah, this was a fine, fun little match. You yeah. know, it was pretty short for a cage match. It but did. I think the reason being is because of the main event. Right. I don't have much insight. I don't even have a favorite move in this. It was just kind no. of you know the midnights are always fun to watch, even if it's the Condry version, yeah. <laughs> taking shots. <laughs> even, if, yes. uh, even though, uh, but yeah, and of course Dusty and Magnum over huge and Baby Doll apparently very popular at this time because. You know, when she would get tagged in, people went crazy for yeah. it. And, uh, and yeah. They also knew Jim Cornette was probably going to get it when she got tagged in. So Definitely helps. Yeah. I think Jim Cornette said recently online, if I'm not mistaken, that the hardest shots he ever took were from Baby Doll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's actually kind of saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, and uh, Big Bubba Rogers was at ringside. That's right. As well, so. That's very important. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about that because uh, the baby faces did win the match. Yes. And so there was the big hot tag. And then they all start breaking down with each other, and they all start pairing off again. Mm-hmm. Now it's a, a Pier 6, literally a Pier 6 yeah, brawl. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But then it just winds up with Baby Doll just straight punching Jim Cornette and then mm-hmm. pinning him. Right. With a pretty good Greco pin, I will say. You sure. Know, she, did, she did pretty good there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the good guys won, but at no time at all, hardly ever in the match anyway. Right. But... Neither Baby Doll nor Jim Cornette were legal in the ring. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they weren't. So, but the, but t- that didn't stop Tommy Young from counting to three. Right. But that's that's just what happened. Whatever, it's fine. That's what people. You got to give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. Legal or not, be damned. Yeah. That's what they wanted. That's what they got. And I was starting to say, oh my God, this is the first cage match I've ever seen Dusty in. Where he didn't bleed. Right. <laughs> but stay tuned. Yeah. Because there was a post-match beatdown outside the ring yeah. with the Midnights and Big Bubba Rogers. Mm. And not that it happened inside the cage, but at least it happened in the vicinity of the cage right. after a Dusty Rhodes cage yeah. match. Yes, 
Dusty Rhodes did bleed. I'm happy to report he did not leave the arena without blood on his head. Exactly. I was I was getting really worried there for a second. I thought <laughs> right. I could write this down in the history books, right. but no, I think it's still out of count. See, that would have been the best after what five matches of straight blood, like a lot of it. <laughs> For Dusty not to bleed, that would have been good. That would have been historic. So is that like a non-red herring? (laughs) Sure, why not? Okay, all right. Let's move on. We we got some great stuff coming up here. Yeah, the last match of the night. We're already at the main event. It was a world heavyweight title match. The other half of the Rock and Roll Express. I told you we would get back to that. It is Ricky Morton versus the champion, Ric Flair. Okay, now right off the bat there. Robert Gibson, no title match. Right. (laughs) Ricky Morton. The title match. Yeah. And Ricky Morton had a broken nose or something. Yeah. And he still gets the title match. He's wearing he like a catcher's mask. Yeah, he had the protector thing on yeah. his face. Yeah. And this is one of the all-time great Ric Flair entrances. Yes. His best entrance of all time is probably still his, quote, retirement match. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to say, probably, if, sure. he, if he had to ask. But this might be the second best ever. Yeah. Uh, it's... All of a sudden, we see a shot of a sky again. We're like, why are we looking at the sky? Yeah, it's night outside. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. skydiving. Ric Flair's in a skydive. Yes. No, he, he travels in style. Even though you can travel in style as a yeah. skydiver, but it's way cooler to fly in to a sports stadium on a helicopter mm-hmm. and have the freaking red carpet rolled out for you yeah. as you're getting out in your robe with your world title belt on, ready to step inside a cage yeah. and work half an hour. Yeah. That's a boss right there. That's cool. So, yeah. Great Ric Flair entrance. Of course, they paid tribute to it at one of the more recent WrestleManias mm-hmm. with Charlotte Flair copying it, which I actually enjoyed that yeah. moment as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, good, good tribute there. So, yeah, but this was the OG right here. Ric Flair coming down a helicopter. It's everything you would want out of uh, a Ric Flair entrance. And yeah. uh, it was just, it really set the tone. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. So, I don't think it was just the entrances that really amped up this right. match. I mean, this was a lot of dynamite in this match. Like, Ricky Morton was on fire. Yeah. Ric Flair was definitely giving chase. But Ric Flair definitely settles into owning it after yeah. a while. So, it was some really good stuff. Good psychology with the broken nose, of course. Yeah. So, now you got Flair able to work on the face and the legs. Yeah. Which is perfect, <laughs> perfect stuff for a steel cage match. Right. Because you can hurt the face a lot more yeah. in a steel cage, potentially, than the leg. Yeah. So really, like, the first three quarters of the match is just nose stuff. Yeah. And then he finally was like, okay, let's work on the leg a little bit. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's just textbook stuff. Yeah, so. it was great. You don't think it was, what, Pyro Johnson that was the, the reason that this match was so great? His <laughs> ring entrance? I think that was his name. Oh, was it the, the guy the, from the local the news local place? The local news guy, yeah. The, I, the one that did the ring announcing for this match. Yeah, he and he was, honestly, I wish he would have been doing the whole show. Right. He was yeah. better than the other guy. Yeah, he was the, excited. He's better than the guy that's on salary. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen that guy before and we'll see him yeah. again, but damn it. Uh, also, yeah, and he's no Joey Winehouse. Oh, who is? <laughs> yeah. So, true Carney's the pro wrestling business. Mm-hmm. I mean, y- you got to love that. I even speculated, and I bet you anything I'm right about this. I bet they didn't pay one cent for that helicopter ride. Right. Because it's it's the local news helicopter. Yeah, it's got the big new local news station logo yeah. on the side. You got the Channel 9 stuff. They used one of their guys. I'm sure. He got yeah. to announce in the ring. So they got to shoot their footage for it. Probably half of the camera people are from that place. Yeah, probably. So I guarantee you they paid zero dollars and zero cents for that bit. And you got to love that. Free 99. Free 99, sir. Yeah. (laughs) So 
Oh man, yeah. So another thing to love about that, and yeah. I, I bet you that's absolutely true. I should yeah. find somebody in charge who uh, would know those things. See if they'll give it up. Yeah, but I, track this one down. Yeah, I like the match too. You said everything. I couldn't have said it better. Um, I love that. Of course, Flair won because Ricky Morton was never the world champ, right? And like you know this, and yeah. we you know this even just going in watching the match. But it's still a really good match, yeah. and of course, Flair. Even though it's Ricky Morton, he he had to cheat to win, beat on the ropes to win. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, so, well, Tommy Young never catches Flair's feet on the ropes. Right. He always catches his hand on the ropes, mm-hmm. but never his feet. Or he sees it shaking and yeah. assumes, and then makes him break the figure four anyway. Yeah, but. Uh, at least, you know, he would constantly do that to Flair, but the fact that Flair always kind of got yeah. him in the end yeah. makes me love him that much more. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, it was it was a fun match. All right. Let's go ahead. Well, no fireworks, Chris, but I guess all the fireworks are going to have to be in the ranking. Suppose. So, we have ten matches on this show. We're going to rank them bottom to top. Coming in at number ten was the hair versus hair match, just because it wasn't much of a match, really. And it was kind mm-hmm. of, kind of I wouldn't say a mess, but it was just kind of, eh. Yeah. Like I said, if the after bell stuff is better than the between bell stuff, then that's probably not yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Coming in at number nine, just above that, is the opening match of the night, Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal versus Denny Brown from Florida. Yeah. He's a big schoolhouse rock fan. Yes. <laughs> Coming in at number eight tonight is the Robert Gibson versus Black Bart match. Just a singles match. It's fine, mm. but nothing to note mm-hmm. anything about it. Yeah. Maybe that should have been the opener. No, right. Yeah. 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 Coming in at number seven was the Baron Von Rushke versus Raging Bull Manny Fernandez bunkhouse match. Because the best thing was seeing a, like a guy that looks like he's 80-something years old get undressed. So. <laughs> is this where the bar is, Chris, or have you said it yet? Uh, I don't think I've said it yet. <laughs> okay, let me know over there. Right. I might set it there yeah, just you, for that. You, okay. <laughs> Coming in at number six is the double Russian chain match of the Koloffs versus the Road Warriors uh, I mean, it was short, but it was violent, and it was kind of fun. Yeah. It didn't wear its welcome out once yeah. again. Coming in at number five, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus Sam Houston and Nelson Royal. It's for being a solid match. I mean, it's the Andersons. Mm. Yeah. So. More of a spotlight for the Andersons, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Coming in at number... I would put the bar maybe around there. Okay. I mean, it's around here somewhere. Okay. I don't know. Make your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number four is the Indian Strap Match. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with Precious versus Wahoo McDaniel. I'll put the bar here. Let's officially yeah, say, let's it's, put it there. Let's, let's say it's right there. Yes. Yeah, they are the bar. Yes. Coming in at number three is the Taped Fist Match. Ranking higher than our talk would make you expect, but it was... We were having fun with it. Yeah. This was... This whole show was... Um, show that you watch with a friend just so you can talk about it because there's no commentary you don't yeah. have to listen to anything yeah um and it's train wrecky enough for you to have a lot of fun with it i think yeah um and these top four matches definitely fit into that and i think watching it with you and going back and forth kind of laughing at it yeah. especially this taped this match was one thing that made me enjoy it and want me to put it in that spot that it was in. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate you, Chris. Thanks. So. Yeah. And I think we pretty much had these at a tie almost. Uh, yeah. Really. Like four and three is kind of a tie. Yeah. The the strap match and the tape fest match, they're pretty interchangeable, I think. Yeah. Coming in at number two is the six-person cage match. Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, Baby Doll versus Midnight's, and Jim Cornette. Yes. So, of course, yeah, the, of course. the big one, number one. Number one. As it should be, the main event is number one. Ric Flair, the champ, versus Ricky Morton, who was never the champ. <laughs> yes, but he was multiple tag team champ. Yeah, of course. And the oldest 
NWA World Tag Team Champion of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he did it in 2020, you know, uh, or at the end of 2019 uh, on the, one of the NWA Power episodes. Oh, okay, so, cool, cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, congratulations, Ricky. Congrats. <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, so the next one is going to be, I guess, kind of a sequel as we're anticipating because okay. we're going to do yet another Great American Bash show. This time it's going to be from Greensboro, and the card is somewhat similar, but a little bit different. It's like half and half. So it's going to be kind of a weird sequel to what we just watched, right. I think. Yeah, and it takes place like three weeks later. Yeah, so I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see, because these are intended basically as house shows. Right. I'm very curious going in, wondering if we're going to get the same exact match in some of these right. matches where that's the exact same lineup. Yeah. So tune in to find out. Or if you just hear us say the same stuff over again, we'll try not to. <laughs> right. But where can they We're find We're just going to replay this episode and put oh. in a new intro. Yeah, sure. We'll just lay in the Mr. Black kind <laughs> yeah. of uh, dialogue, you know. So, yeah. But how can they find that, Chris? They'll find it on cnjradio.com, the home of the Wrestling House Show, and the entire family of CNJ Radio podcast. cnjradio.com is also where you can find our Facebook and our Twitter. Let us know what you thought. Did you watch this? Did you find this hidden gem? I'm doing finger quotes for you at home. Hidden gem on the WWE Network and go ahead and watch it thinking that, hey, that, that'll be nice. It's a gem. It's got to be great, right? The hidden gems are definitely hidden enough on the right. network. Yeah. They're, they're kind of hard to find, honestly. Uh, but our Twitter is at House Show and let us know what you think. Also, let us know if you would vote for Joey Whitehouse for president and let us know who wants to head up that campaign. You could do a whole hell of a lot worse, I'm yes. telling you. <laughs> Bye. Fans, again, remember, on your way out, get a souvenir program and your Great American Bash t-shirt. Souvenirs of your 1986 American Bash. Fans, in just a few moments, we will be joining WSOC-FM for our gigantic fireworks display. And happy holidays on this Liberty Fourth of July weekend.